0: Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com. This is show number 138, released on June 29th, 2016. My name is Steve Eunice, and I'm joined by my good friend Scotty V, but we're also sponsored by our good friend Patrick O'Neill. How are you, Scotty?
1: I am doing very well. I'm currently setting up my little Superman v Batman. I call it that. I don't care what anyone else calls it. Superman v Batman uh, figures from the uh, the little tiny guys that are that are. Uh, I think they're cute. But there's like different versions of each character. They're tiny. I forget what they were called. Mighty Minis, maybe not real tiny, but they kind of had big heads with big eyes, and they. I don't know. They're little. They're little figures, but they're oh, nice. they're they're cool. And I'm just. just they're all over my desk here because I, I set them up on the printer so then when any time something needs to be printed off, everybody <laughs> has to take them off here. Uh, and then they don't bother to put them back up. So it's kind of annoying on the, you know for them because they have to take them down every time, but then mm-hmm. they don't put them back, so it's annoying for me.
0: <laughs> yes, I know the dilemma of having things everywhere and having to move them. And did a cleanup yesterday and uh, got rid of a, a number of things that have just been sitting on the floor in my office because i not run out of shelf space so uh it's uh it's a dilemma i think a lot of collectors can uh can relate to yeah
1: i mean unless i i I would like to start hanging some shelves and things Mm -hmm. but it's it's a lot of projects there's work and it's money you know spending money on more china cabinets or more something you know i got some wall space if i had some shelves (laughs) i'd have more room but uh I'm not complaining that I have all this stuff, but it is a lot of stuff.
0: It is, it is, and it does accumulate, and we run out of room. But uh, that is a dilemma for another day, Uh, as we like to do. Later we'll
1: do a whole podcast (laughs) of the the Radio Clutter Podcast, (laughs) That it'll be all about clutter. But for (gasps) now, let's get on to something a little less exciting.
0: Yes, a little less exciting. Uh, We'll start with movie news, as we like to do. And as we speak, um, well, actually, because you're not listening to this as we speak, because it's not a live show, it's a podcast, um, but uh, we're recording this late on a Monday night for you, Scotty. Um, A lot of people are in the theatre watching the ultimate edition of Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. There was a one night only, very limited run that was out in uh, select theatres for this ultimate edition which uh, will be released on HD by the time you listen to this podcast, um, digital download, but will be released later in July. I think it's the 19th of July for Blu-ray and DVD. Do you think the Ultimate Edition will add anything, will make people happier about this movie?
1: Well, first I have to say I I, I saw that email four hours after they sent it to me that they were having this one-night-only thing, and I went in right away uh and all the tickets were gone i have uh several that i was willing to drive to mm-hmm. four or five out of the uh, how many did you say oh, 17 or something
0: like uh, that.
1: i don't know how many cities they had but i went into four or five of them and every single one of them was sold out and that was within four hours or not sold out but claimed right. and that was uh that was mm-hmm. only four hours later so somebody's excited mm-hmm. about seeing this movie um Do I think it will add anything? Well, they're going to add stuff. The question is of what significance will it be? And obviously it wasn't significant enough that they thought they needed to leave it in for the movie. Uh, Usually they they generally, we were speaking about clutter, they generally cut the clutter. They get rid of what doesn't need to be there whenever they have that that seems um, too frivolous or too over explained or uh, you know if they double things or if they feel like they've already said something in a different way that's generally what they usually cut and mostly what i've been hearing and generally i think that's because batman fans tend to be the most vocal that i've noticed online uh, talking about it's all batman stuff it's all batman violence it's all ben affleck being cool breaking heads and (laughs) and when it was first announced the i what we had heard if my memory is serving me correctly what we heard was that that uh some of the violence in the movie was unable to be kept due to the fact that they wanted the the movie to be Mm pg-13 and Uh, nobody else performs violence in the movie other than Batman, so I figure that it must be a lot of more, more gratuitous Batman stuff.
0: Yeah, there is uh, more Clark Kent and Lois Lane stuff as well from what we've heard, um, and the Ultimate Edition uh, is uh, will be well, is now, when you're listening to this, available for digital download, so we'll have reviews and things uh, by the time you're listening to this podcast. Um, yeah, there's more Clark Kent investigating stuff. There's more lower Lane investigating stuff. Uh, there are just more longer cuts of, of certain scenes, so not necessarily new stuff thrown in there, but just longer versions of it or you know stuff that, uh, as you say, it was extraneous for the, for the PG-13 cut. Uh, there's, it's not just extra stuff that I felt was Listen to you with the big words yeah, extraneous. I, I was me.
1: searching for it, I was trying to pull it out <laughs> and I couldn't do it. so
0: uh, don't ask me how to spell that, but uh, I, I do know that it's a word. Um, there you go but um yeah oh, and it's not just you know things that they felt were you know uh, too long or you know or you know uh, just you know repeat stuff or whatever it is there's also a thing as far as timing you know a lot of movies are an hour and a half uh, and, and I mean most general movies are ninety minutes long, there just seems to be that's the what people feel is the, is the a comfortable time period for people to be able to sit in the theater and watch a movie. You get the longer movies, and you get extra longer movies, and I guess it comes down to, you know, costs and things like that involved, and, you know, just the science behind, you know, just how long should a movie be, and how long will people be, you know, willing to sit for. Well, you know,
1: if they leave a movie run longer... They only have so many screens, and therefore right. the movie so then the can only for, fit. That yeah. they, they, they don't play it as much during the day, and therefore aren't able to make as much money.
0: Yeah, so there are all a, a number of facets of of reasons why uh, a movie gets cut down. Not just because they you know the editor feels like it uh, it doesn't add anything to the story, but also there's, as like you say, timing issues, money issues, all that kind of stuff. So until we you and I sit down and watch that extra half hour of footage inserted into the movie. Uh, it's hard to judge it, but I'm looking forward to uh, to watching it because, uh, one, I've, I haven't seen the movie in a long time since uh, since the world premiere and, uh, you know, I didn't get a chance to go see it too many more times, or at all, again, uh, in the theatre. So I'm looking forward to, to watching the movie again, but just the Ultimate Edition sounds really cool. Uh, the press release that was sent out for the um the ultimate edition you know says
1: fearing the actions of a god like uh, batman to yeah that's yeah. I, but, sure I mean it,
0: it does go into saying that some of the uh extra stuff in there um will uh, you know include uh, a lot of the bonus material uh, that's on the dvd blu-ray combo packs uh, a lot of uh, i always love to to see the the making of the films uh the um the documentaries the interviews Um, commentary, stuff like that. I always find that really interesting. Uh, So I'm looking forward to that part of the uh, release as well when it does get released on July 19th on Blu-ray and DVD.
1: Yeah, I love that stuff. So I'm looking forward to it too. I'm I'm certain there's going to be some, as you say, extensions of scenes that that give us a little more detail about what's happening. Uh, I know a lot of people are saying maybe finally this will make this a cohesive movie where things make sense and people actually do things that are explained. I don't know. Uh, what exactly they're hoping for or what they're looking for but uh, I think it is a cohesive movie I, I think that it just uh, obviously uh, things needed to be cut for whatever reasons I'm not really certain we're going to get a whole different movie here or, or mm. give people who didn't like it are suddenly going to say oh now I like it because there's a few minutes added in I, mm. I think we're still going to have the same kind of feeling uh, of the movie it's going to be what it is and mm-hmm. and this will just give us a little more information or whatever, but uh, you know, uh, hopefully some people are a little more pleased than they were, but again, if you hated this, Mm -hmm. I don't think this is going to do it for you.
0: No, no, not at all. So that's what's happening with Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, the ultimate edition out uh, now for digital download, uh, if you're so inclined for that Uh, but will be released July 19th on Blu-ray and DVD and there are a number of different varieties of Blu-ray available, you know 3D, 4K, all that kind of stuff. But uh, looking forward to the Justice League movie. Uh, there's been had been a lot of debate about Justice League Part One, Justice League Part Two. What's happening? Where is it going? What are we gonna? What's the title of the movie going to be? Jeff uh, Johns has confirmed that the title of the movie is simply Justice League, and they're always only planning to make this first film a standalone Justice League film. Uh, there will be a second Justice League movie, but it's not Part One, Part Two as had previously been explained. It is just Justice League that's coming out November seventeenth, 2017, and there will be a further Justice League movie down the track. But only I think it's called
1: Justice League More Justier, I believe.
0: <laughs> Second one. So um, that's, what, uh, that's what it is. Uh, and there was a set visit. Uh, a number of um, websites uh, were lucky enough to travel to London for a set visit of the Justice League uh, movie and got to sit down with uh, Zack Snyder, his wife Deborah, Charles Rovan, a number of others to discuss the movie, ask some questions, and quite a few interesting details have come out about the film. Uh, your thoughts?
1: Well, you know, um, I, I think the first one uh, is called uh, Mullet, I believe, <laughs> and uh, people are uh, already up in arms about... Uh, I love using the phrase up in arms. If you go back and listen to all the radio shows I've done, you'll hear me say up in arms quite a bit. And uh, people are up in arms here uh, because they are screaming, no, like Vader at the end of Revenge of the Sith uh, because now uh, Superman's going to have his famous mullet from the comics. (laughs) And if you're listening to the Radio KAL uh, radio show for the first time and you don't know who Superman is or what has happened in his comic book career, um, uh, good for you that you're listening because you have found a show that seems like it's right up your alley. Um, uh, Superman died, came back to life, and when he came back to life, uh, it had taken him several months to a year, and his hair grew because he was still alive. He, he was in kind of a healing stage. It's very complicated, and, and uh, I'm not going to go into explaining everything that happened, but it had something to do with a matrix and eating a blue pill or white pill or red <laughs> pill. Figure it out. And so he, uh, his hair was growing the whole time, and when he woke up, he had longer Hair Now, if you were, quote-unquote, dead or in a coma, and therefore your hair continued to grow, which, by the way, Flashes doesn't when he's in his coma on the TV show, um, uh, you would have longer hair. Therefore, he woke up with longer hair. So the idea was for him to always have longer hair. Uh, some of the artists drew it in their interpretation because it was this time period, and I guess mullets were somewhat fashionable – And it looked like a mullet in some of the artwork. But no description anywhere ever said Superman wakes up with a cool mullet. (laughs) And no description anywhere ever said Superman goes to the barber and asks if he can please have a cool mullet. It wasn't a hairstyle. It was longer hair because his hair continued to grow. He didn't then come out and say, well, I might go avenge Coast City, but first I'm going to go have my hair styled into a mullet. No, he came out. His hair was what it was, and he went to battle. And then he kept it for a while, and you can't cut Superman's <laughs> hair, so it was what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are, you know, they in the description, they said uh, Superman will be in it. He's going to come in a little later. Uh, he's not going to be in most of the movie, and when he returns, he'll, uh, we'll see a few changes, possibly somewhat longer hair. And everybody took that to be, we're going to see Billy Ray up there. Uh, <laughs> but that's not, <laughs> obviously not what they're going to do and the other thing that people are complaining about is that uh, they're not even going to bother to see it now because Superman's not really a part of the movie and A, we don't really know what that means but my hope is that it's going to be one of those things where it's a long build-up and people are waiting to see Superman at the hmm. end and it, and, it, and it builds back in some of the excitement that may have been lost for people seeing Superman on screen the same way as it was in the comics uh, the world without a Superman was a sad place and and they were waiting for him to come back and it was super exciting and he comes back and he saves the day and he wins so I don't know what they don't generally like to do is show an entire group of other superheroes be ineffective completely and then have one guy come back and save them all especially if it's not Batman so I don't know that they're gonna have him you know, save everyone that to me would be the coolest way to bring him back me too but but we're Superman fans, so mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what they're going to do, but my thinking is it's going to be a big, dramatic moment, the build-up's going to be worth it, and he's going to be needed in some big way. And when he returns, it's going to be important. It's not going to be, uh, well, he he's here.
0: Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, to, to be fair, Wonder Woman, when she made her massive appearance in Batman v Superman, it was that heroic moment, and she did save Batman's life because if not for her standing in the way of Doomsday's massive beam of energy or whatever that was, Batman would have been toast. Um, That's you know, right.
1: And in the new movie, I expect to hear, oh, shit, and not yeah. just, uh, oh, shh.
0: I think he did say, uh, oh, shit, in excuse the because... language here. in our oh, did podcast, he? Okay. But I okay, uh, sure. in the trailer, uh, uh, it was just... A, stay a tuned for the F word, kids. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, look, we don't know. While well, Superman might not appear until the...
1: Vermanda pop- cheese. See, <laughs> I told you.
0: While well, Superman may not appear till the final third of the film, as they're saying. Uh, we may get to see what's happening with him as, you know, his recovery or his, his process of coming back. Superman himself in the costume and whatever, and ta-da, here he is to save the day, might not appear till the final third of the movie. But just like we saw Diana throughout the early parts of Batman v Superman, we may see, you know, Kal-El um, and what's happening with his body or what, how he's regenerating or whatever the case might be. Throughout the film, until he finally makes that appearance in costume as a superhero in the final third of the film. So yeah, we don't know. Uh, there's lots of different ways it could play out. Uh, people are talking about you know the black costume, the regeneration costume, having a beard, having longer hair. You know, uh, we'll have to wait and see just how Superman. I like all you. of those things. Yeah, wow. I don't mind all those things. So uh, let's wait and see. But um, it is exciting. Justice League movies happening. Uh, we've heard a lot of the talk about what's happening. The, the you know it's not Darkseid who's he's not the, the major threat of the movie. Uh, we may see him late, uh, later in the film. He may be the, the finale that you know uh, shoehorns into the uh, the second Justice League movie. But the big bad villain of this movie will be Steppenwolf, and he is uh, in the comic books uh, Darkseid's father. So and he was in a deleted scene that Zack Snyder released soon after the release of Batman v Superman. It was cut out of the movie, but uh, it was released officially online soon after, showing Steppenwolf and three mother boxes and all that kind of stuff. So I guess that uh, you know foreshadowing what's happening in this upcoming Justice League movie.
1: Well, I mean, I hope that's re-added into the uh, Ultimate Edition, mm-hmm. uh, but. Uh, what that sounds like to me is and, and everybody waits around and then after the movie's over they they go how, how come DC won't embrace that whole show us another scene after the thing uh, and and there's two things going on there and and one, one thing is it has long it has been long been debated whether or not that's a good thing to do obviously as a marketing tool it's great because it advertises the next thing going but in terms of the feel of the movie in terms of the flow that you get Uh, you were mentioned before sometimes they have to cut scenes because it just doesn't feel like it fits well together when they put something like that and they tack it on the end it kind of takes away from what you were feeling at the end which is what what they intended for you to feel and then they add on another scene whether it's uh, some superheroes eating shawarma kind of takes away from the idea that Uh, most of the city was destroyed, lots of people must be dead, and and they almost lost the world, and now they're eating shawarma, so it kind of ends on a goofy, jokey note, and you lose whatever impact you might have had from the big heroic finale. Same thing could go here. Uh, Very somber ending to Batman v Superman. I really believe that that's part of the reason many people have a bad taste in their mouth. I don't believe it was meant to make you feel uh, elated at the end i think it was meant to be a bit of a depressing ending uh, there are lots of movies that have depressing endings not everything has to always end super happy but if they then would have tacked on this unknown villain at the end of the movie with some mother boxes that are also unknown technology to uh, most people who are watching movies it just would have. They, people were already confused by a lot of the in, scenes that were added in with flash and things mm. like that. People would have just been looking at each other, going, "What the hell was that?" So I get that they're not doing it. I I would like to see some end credit type scenes, but <laughs> uh, but I think uh, most movies don't have that. It's mm. it's mainly a Marvel thing, and uh, I think DC has. I, I may have even remember hearing them say straight out, "We're not doing that." Yeah. Well, Zack Snyder actually. Thing.
0: Did that uh, said that in a recent interview uh, with Comic Book Resources, he said, um, as far as that deleted scene that was put out online with uh, Steppenwolf, he said, I kind of thought like, oh, that could be a cool after credit sequence, but then I was like, I don't know, can I do that because Marvel does that? Is that a thing? So we were like, oh, well, maybe there's another way to do it, and that's why they released it online. It's just that's something that they thought that they could start doing was releasing, um, you know, uh, extra scenes online rather than. Putting it as an after credit scene.
1: Oh, there you go. Mm. Good idea, I guess. Yep.
0: So that's what's happening with Justice League, as we said. Lots of uh, details coming out from those set visits, and lucky to those people who uh, got to be involved. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg. I will say it's
1: an interesting choice. Uh, I'm not saying good or bad, but Steppenwolf.
0: Hmm. It is an interesting I don't one. know
1: that anybody really saw that coming.
0: No. No, so uh, that's uh, you know I got I guess I just don't want to go straight to Darkside first off, but I guess Darkside will be uh, a further choice down the down the line. As far as uh, Lex Luthor's involvement in Justice League, Jesse Eisenberg hasn't been involved to date, but he has confirmed in a recent interview that he will be doing his part of the filming for Justice League starting in August, and he's really looking forward to it. He says he would love to play Lex Luthor for many years to come. He really had fun. He it's the most fun he's had playing a character. Uh, and is uh, really looking forward to uh, getting back to filming and being part of the uh, of further films. Well,
1: I mean, if he really feels that way, you know, a lot of times they, yeah, they... blow smoke because they need to market a film or, or whatever, uh, as in mm-hmm. J- J- Jeremy Irons coming out and saying how terrible the movie was and how he agrees with all the fans uh, after his part is done. Now, who knows if that will affect his part, In other movies or if they'll recast Alfred or kill him off or we just won't see him anymore. But uh, that's generally not what you do when you have a company you're working for. And this is a guy who was in the Dungeons and Dragons movie. So I don't know what (laughs) he thinks he's talking about. But uh, uh, look at your own list of movies that you've done uh, before you really start mouthing off about the latest one. You've taken money from people to do, mm. um, but uh, where was I going with that? Um, I don't know. But what, guess the, eyes
0: of the whether he's excited or not. Where, oh, I right. Mean, could he if be he is, anyone?
1: I think that's great because yeah. a lot, a lot of times, an actor will say, "Yeah, I mean, I don't do sequels, or I don't want to play the same character, or uh, I've never done a superhero movie. I'm not really interested." And then you, and this was one of those cases where Jesse was just like, yeah, I wouldn't do a movie like this unless I really liked the material. If you know, It kind of sounded pretentious. The same kind of stuff you get from uh, uh, Toby Maguire or whatever when they're talking about how they're just not sure that they want to continue their life being the same person and being a superhero. Or, uh, or you get other actors who have never done it going, yeah, I just think those are silly or they're not real movies or whatever it is. Uh, in this case, you had a guy who sounded like a pretentious actor who would never do something like this, but he saw the great script that it was, and so he decided it was worth his time. Mm. And so my thinking was, and I have said it multiple times, that we probably won't see Lex Luthor again because of the actor that is playing Lex Luthor and his attitude toward these types of movies. And since I would expect Lex's role will be somewhat diminished in movies that aren't Superman-intensive he must really like what's going on, whether it be script, whether it be the fun he had, as he says, whether it be that he really loves playing Lex Luthor, whether he just likes the team, the cast, the director, or really just loves the whole experience. That's good for us because Mm. uh, once you cast, they do it on TV shows a lot. I don't know about a lot, but they'll recast the lead or, or a character in a movie, in a show, in a role. And, and it always throws me out of it. And I go, it wasn't him like on arrow mm. Mm. Uh, it was a different sarah in the pilot episode and then you didn't see sarah again i think and then when she came back as an important character it was a different actor and i said i don't think that's that and i had to go back and look so mm. it it takes you out of it so and casting a character like lex luthor as somebody else later on just wouldn't work no. so my feeling was if eisenberg wasn't going to do it and i didn't think he would we're not going to see Lex anymore. So if he's really happy about it, that could mean that not just this, but in, in, in future uh, movies and hopefully future Superman movies, uh, we'll see him again as well. Mm. I think I think uh, people need to further understand what happened with him at the end of the movie and, yeah. and, 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 and why, because everyone's saying he's more like the Joker than he is like Lex and he's more like the Riddler and, and Lex never acted like this before and, and why is he so goofy? Uh, I mean, I personally believe Gene Hackman's version of Lex couldn't be more goofy, but uh, there were reasons, and knowing some of the comic stories could play a basis in in why he was acting that way and the whole dark side connection and everything, but a lot of laymen, people who just went to the movie, don't understand why he was acting like that, so if we never get to see him again or we don't get further story on that, and hopefully uh, we'll get some more enlightenment on that uh, in the Justice League movie.
0: Mm. Yeah, so we look forward to seeing what happens with the Justice League moving moving forward and continuing to enjoy all the details that come out. But let's now move our attention to the world of TV. And with Supergirl moving to the CW, uh, we've had a number of details emerge. Uh, First and foremost, we now know that the premiere date for Season 2 on the CW will take place on Monday, October 10th, at 8 p.m., and Supergirl will remain in her Monday 8 p.m. time slot for the duration of Season 2. But October 10th, jot it down in your calendar.
1: That's right, and put a little reminder and get yourself an alarm and uh, make sure that it all goes off early enough for you to set your DVR and watch it later. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited about it being on the CW. I did say uh, from the beginning that it was a much better place for it. I was very concerned that uh, CBS and the producers might have killed the show just by announcing that that was the network they were going to put it on because I, I th- we're at a different age now. So this kind of thing might happen more often, but generally when a show is canceled on one network, that's the end of yeah. it. So my thinking being that when it was coming out on CBS and I really felt like it was going to struggle and have a hard time... Uh, I was concerned because it, 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 it's unheard of that a show continues elsewhere you know it's it's very rare lately yeah. some shows have come back on Netflix and some shows have have, have shown up on some of the syndicated debts and, and things like that but this is uh, generally not what happens when a show doesn't do well enough you just don't hear from it again so I was concerned about CBS and then when the pilot came on and it was the highest rated pilot of the entire new fall season, I thought, okay, maybe it's got a chance. And then it went down and down and down and it wasn't good enough for CBS to stay on, even though it had more ratings than any other superhero show on regular network TV. I knew that eight million or seven million wasn't going to be enough for cbs and the core demographics that they're looking for weren't there so now it's gonna be on the cw and it can afford to have quite a drop-off which it will because cw doesn't have as many uh... watchable areas it's not available on as many televisions so there won't be as many people who are able to watch it but imagine if all 8 million, all 7 million whatever it was go over to CW and they're and they and they are able to watch it on that network it'll be the highest rated CW show in quite a long time so uh, that could be very very good and I'm I'm very much looking forward to that I don't know uh, if we have clarification on this or if it has actually been officially announced but I did hear uh yesterday or the uh day before I heard that um uh, the guy who plays Jimmy Olsen.
0: In uh, Makad Brooks?
1: I heard that Makad Brooks said that Cat Grant will have a more limited role and will be a recurring character rather than a character that's in every episode. And if that's the case, that's because she lives in L.A. and this is now going to be filmed in Vancouver, and we were a little concerned about whether or not the whole cast would come back. What do you know or think about that?
0: Yeah, I hadn't heard that from McCard Brooks. I don't know if that was something that uh, he said at the Superman celebration, which he was recently a special guest at, or if it was a, an interview somewhere that I haven't, haven't seen. It was a concern because he, we had heard that um, uh, Calista Flockhart, uh, who lives in LA, who is obviously married to Harrison Ford, was not willing to relocate like, say, Melissa Benoist and McCard Brooks themselves might relocate for the duration of filming uh, to Canada. But um, whether or not she will appear in most episodes or not, uh, we didn't think she would because of that fact. But uh, we'll have to wait and see just how much Cat Grant is in the show. Uh, She's still part of the show. Uh, Whether or not she's as important as she has been in Season 1 remains to be seen. But there are a lot of other characters that are coming into Season 2, including Superman. Uh, What did you make of the casting of Tyler Hoechlin uh, in the role of Superman?
1: Listen, uh I you know, I haven't seen too many pictures of him, but the one you have posted on the site, I think he's got the perfect look for it. I think he looks like a great Superman. Um I, uh, people have complained, but of course people will complain about anything. Uh the only question I had and uh, uh somebody uh, that I know met the guy who played him on the first season of Supergirl and we don't see him, he doesn't speak. We uh see his silhouette and his silhouette was actually cast. They, they actually had a casting call Hmm. for a guy who would play Superman in a position where you couldn't really see him. And this guy played him. And according to this person, he also played the legs of Superman Hmm. in the uh, episode at the end of the season where he was unconscious on a table. And we just saw him in his boots. And he said they actually had those boots sculpted for him and he wore them. So, My question, of course, is uh, why didn't that guy get a shot? And if he did get a shot, why didn't he get it? And uh, the person that spoke to this guy said that this guy who played Superman told him why, but uh, the guy who told me this didn't know if it was (laughs) meant to be common knowledge. So I don't have an answer, uh, but apparently there is an answer as to why the guy who was already playing. Superman, Because uh, even though we didn't see his face, you could kind of tell by the silhouette that it wasn't a Henry Cavill type. It wasn't a really bulky guy. It was kind of a, a thin, more basketballish yeah. guy, more like a, a Brandon Routh and Superman Returns type of a look. Uh, so when you get now that they've cast someone else, generally when you have a silhouette or when you see someone's arm or their legs, you'll be able to tell on a different person that it's not the same person. So. Obviously, if you could go with the guy that had already played him in the times they did use him, it would look uh, – you you definitely won't say, oh, that could never have been the guy we saw already. Yeah. And we might not say that anyway because maybe this guy has a similar body type or maybe we didn't see enough that will really matter. But yeah. uh, I'm interested really to know as to uh,
0: – w- Well, I mean there could be a number of I, I kind of feel reasons.
1: bad for him that he yeah. didn't get – and yeah, obviously – uh, if he can't act worth a wit, I don't know. But
0: uh, <laughs> I mean, he, he couldn't. He, his facial features might not be. He might have the physique and the overall shape of Superman, but you know, facially, he might not resemble what you know they want as Superman. Maybe his acting isn't up to scratch. People who have you know stand-ins or whatever don't necessarily have the acting chops. So we don't well, know. I did have
1: a picture. Uh, this person that posted this. It's okay. on one of the geek sites I go to on Facebook, and uh, the reason the conversation came up was because I said, "Wow." I, guy's jacked and looks just like superman so i wonder why they didn't cast mm. him so in my opinion look wasn't an issue but okay uh,
0: but yeah we don't i mean the the producers have said they've wanted to work with tyler hochland for a while he was in the teen wolf tv series uh i watched a couple of the first season first couple of seasons of that he definitely has the physique he has the look um you know he's uh he's a good actor and uh, i'm actually looking forward to seeing how uh he portrays the role of Superman, he says he's more interested in, and excited to play the role of Clark Kent, and he's interested to find the humour in that character and the role and the, how that plays out. And I think the uh, Clark Kent has probably been more fleshed out in Supergirl than Superman has because of the conversations that the two have, uh, text-based conversations via computer. And uh, I think that dynamic between Kara and Kal-El or Kara and Clark might be uh, more interesting than uh, than Superman's appearance, but he will be... Uh, so far, we know in the first two episodes of season two of Supergirl.
1: Yeah, I mean it's exciting. I'm a little, I'm a little dubious at the moment because uh, he's kind of been played off as a dupe. He's kind of been, been played off as a guy who, in favor of showing Kara as being more um, capable than mm. he is, and, mm. and 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 just as capable, or even as I say, uh, better equipped in the case of. Uh, Uh, somebody like Reactron, uh, they mentioned multiple times that Superman fought him in several different locations and they both just went their separate ways and they were never able to take the other down. Uh, Supergirl meets him once, almost dies. And the next time she meets him, she defeats him. Uh, So uh, I thought some of those ideas were a little bit hard to grasp. They were a little bit far fetched. It was a little bit hard to buy. And the idea that, um, superman is is pretty much in danger in every situation they talk about him in and and uh, at the end there he's in that coma or whatever he's in after he was taken over by the effect that the kryptonians use that only is effective on humans is affected on him and of course they explain why uh, because he's been on earth so long he thinks like a human but And and, and understandably they have to find a way to write him off because when there's a world event going on that includes an alien armada invading he would be there and I say this anytime there's anything that happens in the comics world too because they are all shown to be in a shared universe and it makes little sense that any supervillain would be able to show up and cause massive damage while only one superhero in the whole universe is able to be there to do anything and The explanation that I always get is, well, they're all very busy in their own city. Uh, And whenever Supergirl says, I'm going to protect my city, uh, it makes me cringe a little bit because Superman and Supergirl, I have always thought of as worldly characters, Mm. characters that fight for the world and protect the world, not just metropolis or not just national city. So... When there's a, Obviously, when there's a giant group of aliens coming, Superman would be there. So they had to write him out somehow. I just thought it was a little lame. And if they're going to bring him on the show and he's going to be this inept, useless character who uh, is useless because Supergirl needs to be made more useful, uh, it's going to be kind of a little problem. bit hard to take. And, of course, the the explanation for that is, well, this is Supergirl's show. And the character herself has said it enough times now. That we understand. It's her show. Hmm. It's her story. We get it. So if that's the case, why would you bring Superman on? That makes it that makes it more of a question of whether it's her story or not.
0: Mm, it will be interesting to see how that does the character is played and whether they explain you know, why he can't hang around or why he's not more involved throughout the rest of the season. You know, he might come in for the first couple of episodes. Oh, she yelled at him. Well, I mean, he might come on for the first couple of episodes of season two to let her know that he's going off world or whatever. And so we don't keep asking. Don't come around
1: here. I might die. Other people (laughs) might die. The world might be destroyed, but I don't want your helping. And he said, "Okay."
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, uh, we have some other major casting news and uh, they tried to get Linda Carter for season one. Now, as you remember, Linda Carter played the role of Wonder Woman on TV uh, for a number of years, and uh, she'll be back... or oh, she was in Smallville as well. She played uh, Chloe Sullivan's mother, Moira, in uh, back in 2007. But she'll be back on TV in Supergirl, playing the role of the United States of America president. So she's a hey. uh, female president in a very female-centric show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited about this. I'm um, interested as to why... They tried to get her for season
0: 1 but couldn't. Scheduling issues. She had another TV show that she was a part of.
1: She had another TV show. Oh. Mm. Okay. I was going to say her part-time job at the sizzler must have <laughs> uh been a little rough uh, schedule and uh so now uh she's going to be on. Well, that's good. Uh it's, it's I like that they do this and um it's it's something that other than Stan Lee I think this is something that DC does that I haven't really noticed Marvel do. They they dip back into the archives. It's all over the Flash TV show. Uh, it's been on Smallville. You know, they go back to other people who have played Superman characters, who have played Flash characters, mm-hmm. who, and they use them again. Uh, Supergirl, you know, uh, Helen Slater being here on this show. Um she was in she she was also in Smallville, yes. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Uh, So I just love that they do that. I I look forward to it. I love hearing about it. Every time they cast somebody from DC's past, uh, I'm always uh, very, very excited about it. Mm. So I like this.
0: And there are other characters that are coming to Supergirl in Season 2 that you'll be familiar with from the comic books, including Lena Luthor, Lex's sister, uh, Snapper Carr, Maggie Sawyer, uh, another character called The Doctor, who will be a female leader of Project Cadmus. Uh, So... uh, other characters are Nick Farrow, a brass leading man who butts heads with Kara at CatCo. So looking forward to a lot of these characters, uh, some of them which are familiar characters from the comic books, uh, being introduced into Season 2 of Supergirl.
1: Very nice. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I gotta say, uh, and and a lot of people credit The Flash because they started right off in Episode 1 with, with, with villains, metahumans, and go in the whole comic route thing as opposed to the Arrow approach or the Smallville approach where it just takes 10 years and you finally get to a little bit of similarities to Superman by the end. Uh, here, same thing. They started with a supervillain in the very beginning. They started with her suit, with her flying, with, it. you know, she is Supergirl right off the bat. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're dipping more into the comics and, and they did it the whole season. So... It's great. I love it. I'm very happy that they uh, uh, have embraced it. And to Entertainment Weekly, and I'm I'm a little confounded because I haven't looked it up in a while, but I thought Entertainment Weekly was a division of Time Warner, which means the, 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 the DC Comics and the movies and the TV shows and all that is kind of lumped in together and they're all part of the same team, and yet Uh, It seems like they mouth off about DC stuff constantly in Entertainment Weekly. Um, They do put them on the cover and things, and they do have stories about it. But then when the movie comes out, uh, they trash it, much like most of the paid professional reviewers trashed the movie when it came out as well. And then uh, there was an article in there about why TV superheroes are failing, uh, why there aren't any on the fall schedule and why you're not going to see any for a while and why the ones who are on now aren't doing that well. And of course they have a big picture of Supergirl and they talk about how she wasn't able to hold her own on a big network and uh, no one cared, blah, blah, blah. And now they're hoping that their tiny little sister network, CW, is able to do better with her. And some of that is similar to what I said, but in a much more positive way as much cynical as I often sound, I knew C- C- the, the the CBS was the wrong place to go, but they make it sound like these other heroes are failing or whatever, and that and they mention that Gotham's the only one that gets to stay around or whatever, and, and Marvel show is staying, but even they lost their other attempts at shows, and so it just seems very it's they're very down on it, they're very negative on it, they're not really it's a very small article, but they don't really point out the things that are positive about it or are successful about mm-hmm. it. And, 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 uh, they were very down on the Batman V Superman as most people were who did critical reviews, but it just seemed, uh, I wanted to call them out a little bit just yeah. because, uh, these, obviously these superhero shows aren't in trouble. I mean, CW is loving what the flash is doing. Uh, they've had arrow on, they're bringing that back. It's fourth, fifth season now or whatever mm. it's doing just fine and uh, now they're going to have Supergirl and I think, I would expect that they're pretty happy that that situation has occurred.
0: Exactly, exactly. Now if you are a big fan of Supergirl the complete first season will be out on Blu-ray and DVD on August 9th so we have that to look forward to Uh, all the episodes are on there including some bonus features including the complete 2015 Comic-Con panel, The Man from Mars uh, a documentary about obviously John Jones uh, a world left behind, Krypton, uh, which obviously looks at the world of Krypton. There's also a gag reel and deleted scenes, which are always fun.
1: Yeah, good. Uh, I mean, I always see these, and I always think, ah, I kind of want to buy the season because of all that other stuff, which mm. is good, which is why they put it there. Uh, because shows are so easy to pull up on demand now, and 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 they're available. Uh, CBS is still one of the holdouts, so maybe Supergirl was not that available. But, I mean, you can watch all the Flash episodes pretty quickly on Netflix, all the Arrow ones pretty quickly. So it's a little harder to get them to sell DVDs now. So I, I would suggest they include more. They throw mm. more. They give I us behind-the-scenes stuff because it's that's what's – even with movies too because – you can order them digitally, and you don't get any extras with them. Nah. But maybe people just want to watch it or whatever. Yeah. You know, I don't know how the HD of Batman v Superman is going to work. It does come out early, so that's a way to get people to buy that. But if you don't get any of the extras or anything, you certainly don't get any of the statues or steel books or anything like that. Mm. So people want to buy those because it comes with other stuff. Mm. So the more you can include on there, the better. Because we can uh, these days pretty quickly we can watch any show we want. Mm. It's the bonus uh, the material they're you know, gonna buy the DVD the Race. Yeah, place. and it makes you want to buy it. So yeah. I like hearing that stuff. I mean, most of the time I'm disappointed with the amount that's there. Yeah. Uh, whether it's a movie or a t it seems like there's very little. It's not but in. Uh, you know, if they the more they put, like I said, uh, it'll it'll make it'll help to sell those. Yeah, the
0: more effort they put in, the better sales will be. Now before we move away from Supergirl, we have to pass on our congratulations to Melissa Benoist, who was awarded the special breakthrough performance award at the 42nd annual Saturn awards earlier in or later in june so uh congratulations to melissa benoist for that breakthrough performance award from the Saturn awards
1: yeah great job i mean obviously people who care about this type of a show care about her and care about that the show keeps going because Mm. it's not like nobody was watching and uh a lot of people don't know what the Saturn Awards are, but but it's all for this this whole genre. So anything in the science fiction fantasy genre is represented at the Saturn Awards, mm-hmm. and and she won best uh, breakthrough uh, performance. So it means people are watching, people are listening, people are interested, and yeah. people like uh, her. And and uh, I think she's great, and I think the show uh, did a did a pretty good job in a first first season.
0: Now, looking forward to uh, other TV areas of news, uh, we have the Krypton TV pilot, which, as you know, back in May was officially announced by the C- by Sci-Fi as receiving a green light for the pilot episode. Now we have uh, casting announcements uh, for certain characters, including uh, Seg or Segel. I think it's Seg. I would say Segel. Oh, I don't know. What do you say, Segel? S E G
1: yeah it's difficult because we don 't know how it 's going to be pronounced sej l sounds a little more uh regal i guess mm. whereas seg l kind of sounds yeah a little a a little, little wrong,
0: harsh wrong. on the tongue so so, so oh, let 's go with sej L until they tell us okay. any different uh, he' is, uh, envisioned uh, envision, envisioned as an athletic quietly confident uh, early twenties comic uh, and will we if you 're a comic fan you'll be familiar with him uh uh, he's been, in the comic books, he appeared in Starman number 51. Uh, he is the uh, grandfather of Kal-El, so Jor-El's father. He's the main character of the Krypton TV pilot. Uh, other characters are Lyta Zod, Val-El, uh, which is um, Sedge's genius grandpa. So that would make him Kal-El's great-great-grandfather. Uh, Alura Zod, dev M, and Terel, which is Sedge's father. So uh, all these characters are being cast for. There's a few details there uh, about the, the characters. They, they may change and things. But uh, production on the pilot is slated to begin in Montreal and Canada in July or August. So I could probably play
1: Sedge's father. So
0: yeah, if
1: you're listening out there, give me a shout. <laughs> uh, and, I, I, you know, I, I mean, I'm cool with Supergirl or whatever, too. So, you know, whatever you need me for, I'm here.
0: Cool. So that's uh, what's happening with the Krypton TV pilot. We uh, await more details to see uh, how that's going as July and August uh, come past. So uh, that's where we're at with TV news. Uh, time to move into our comic book discussion. And uh, what uh, better comic book to start with than the final issue of the eight series Superman, Lois and Clark uh, title, which uh, is very important to what's happening with Rebirth because of the fact that the Superman and Lois and their son John are part of that series and are now the mainstay Superman of the current comic book world. Uh, in this particular comic book, uh, Jonathan uh, discovers, you know, he's, he's kind of reveling in the fact that his dad is Superman and he's looking at clips and articles and things and he's, uh, you know, uh, and meanwhile Superman's fighting this uh, female villain who wants the other half of this um, um, what is it—a medallion or a, um, a crystal that she's looking for? And um, I, I love this series. I thought it was—it was fantastic to revisit these characters. I know you've had some issues with the way DC are handling Superman and what's happened with the characters, and and you know that this Superman has been in the background and you know hasn't really been in the forefront, and you know it's kind of kept to himself a little bit. But there are, it is a precedent for that. I mean, Superman kind of did that in his own comic book back in the John Byrne era when he was helping behind the scenes. He was a guardian angel. Martha was collecting the clips about him. He wasn't just out there doing the stuff. He was kind of helping on the sly and until the, you know, until he was outed. And so I guess it's not unlike him in this uh, situation to be doing something along those lines when there has been a Superman that is for, in the, at the forefront of this world, and it is his world.
1: Yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, obviously he did that... Before he was sure how to progress with his life, this Superman was an already established Superman who knows there's a lot of strife in the world and is kind of just eating some dinner while cats get fried and, and uh, uh, you know, he sends kids to their room. Uh, I mean, that's the Superman I want to read. So, oh, I
0: mean, you know, Clark, in, in, even in, in all the stories we've always read, you know, there's always downtime for Superman. He's never always on. 24-7 um, you know so I mean that's a bit disingenuous to say oh he's just sending kids to his room and you know things are happening in the world I mean you know there, there's always crime in the world and Superman can't be Superman 24-7 no but every the whole, of the the whole point
1: of this story they've they've he's kind of said it multiple times is uh, we have to protect ourselves now I have to protect my family and I can't be out there uh, in a bright suit doing that I gotta stay here I gotta watch what happens here. I got to make sure that uh, first and foremost, my family is protected. And let's be honest, that's what most of us would do as well. However, Superman isn't most of us. Superman isn't the guy who's supposed to settle down and have a house and have a dog and run around with his son in the yard and uh, talk about whatever sure. you talk about Agreed. when you're sitting there. but it's All not right. like
0: there isn't a Superman who, who is the, out there doing that, and it's not like he's in retirement or whatever. He, this isn't his world. He's come into it. There is a Superman here. He doesn't want to step on his toes. He has been doing secretly helping people on the side, but uh, he's not leaving the world to nobody. There is a Superman, and there is a Justice League.
1: That is true.
0: But uh, it is an interesting comic book. Uh, what do you make of, of Jonathan? Jonathan. Uh, I've kind of warmed to him. He, you know, he hasn't been uh, this, uh, you know, we've, heard, we've seen so many stories of kids discovering their superpowers and being <laughs> shocked and, you know, and, 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 oh, my parents lied to me. And, but this Jonathan, he seems to be reveling in the whole idea. He seems to be excited about the whole thing. I think that's a great way to show it. I think it's, it's, it's indicative of the Superman, uh, of a son of Superman. You know, we want someone who's going to be uplifting and bright and hopeful, not down in the dumps and sulking.
1: Well, I think that uh, it's a little more realistic when we get into the Superman main titles, Mm. but it is very likely that it's possible as a kid when you find out you you can jump really high or fly or shoot fire from your eyes or whatever, that you might really be elated. I mean, I know I would be. I'd be jumping around. I'd be thrilled until some things start to go wrong or maybe you can't control them a little bit or sp- or, or you know you get the feeling that maybe you're going to be looked upon as a as a as a freak or you're not going to be able to have a regular life i mean Hmm. In general Superman doesn't have a regular life. I mean, he has made a way for himself. He does have the 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 Clark Kent persona and he and he is able to generally uh, up until now blend in and kind of have a hidden situation. Uh uh now I don't know how it's going to go with uh, all of these various Supermen and the idea that Clark's still out there and and everyone in the world knows that Clark was Superman, but now Clark isn't Superman and now there's this Clark and it's a lot more confusion and it's a lot more things that need to be worked out. Uh, But I, I like, here's the thing. I did not like the idea of Superman having a son and more, moreover, I believe that it, it's exactly the opposite of what most fans are rejoicing in. And that is that their guy is back. If there is a such thing as, an imaginary cr- construct being your guy when in fact they could write anything they want at any time. So this guy isn't really any guy that anybody's ever known. It's just the guy that's on the page they're writing right now that they're saying is the same guy that was out a few years ago before they did the new 52. But let's say that there is a such thing as a construct as your guy who's an imaginary guy who was around years ago and now he's back the whole thing is this is the Superman. This is my Superman. This is who Superman is. No, Superman is the sole survivor of the planet Krypton who is is solitary in and of the fact that he is able to be who he is and nobody else can be that. But now we've already, we've already got Supergirl. Now we've got a Super Lois coming and we've got a Chinese Superman coming and now we've got Super Sun. So it changes the whole dynamic. Forgetting all that. The idea that Superman is who Superman is and this is the guy that you read about before the New 52 is couldn't be further than the truth because the guy before the New 52 did not have a son that was 10 years old, did not have the situation that he has right now. He was a solitary hero who was with Lois and who Lois was not pregnant and there was no son. So I didn't like the idea at all. And and as as I said, I think it completely flies in the face of what everybody is celebrating, the fact that we're getting the guy we read back because the guy you read didn't have this. He's very different than the guy we read, and it's a very different dynamic. Now, Mm -hmm. rather than just being Clark Kent and Superman and married to Lois, he has to raise a son, teach a son, learn with a son, deal with a son having powers. Very different story, very different dynamic, very different situation. And the whole premise of the Lois and Clark comic is well, I got to stay here because I have a family now, and I got to protect my family. And that changes Superman right to the core. So for me, it's a much more drastic change. Than making him a little more brash which is what i think he was in the new 52 and everybody said he was an alien and nobody nobody knew who he was and he's no superman and we don't get it uh so it's very different but that being said i think once you're in the story this is who he is and this is what it is so jonathan is just being a kid and when you're a kid And these kind of crazy things happen to you. I mean, I've never had a kid or seen a kid that got superpowers before. But my guess would be it would be exciting and scary and elating and happy and joyful but also uh, very worrisome and uh, very uh, confusing to not only see yourself developing these powers and not being able to control them and not being able to understand them but at the same time finding out that – your whole life, your father has had these powers too, and you've never known about it before now.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it'd be, uh, I mean, there's a lot of things to be played out, and it'll uh, be interesting to see where the writers go with Jonathan's story. As for Superman and Clark Kent or uh, Clark White or whatever, Clark Smith or whatever the name they want to keep giving <laughs> you, um it's a progression of that old character. So yes, he didn't have the family, he didn't have the son, uh, he wasn't on a different world, but I guess it's a progression of that character that fans are excited to be reading about um, you know he wasn't married to Lois back when he was in the John Byrne era you know, he died he, that didn't happen to him before either this is a progression no, but we read
1: all of that yeah, this but so, did not read this just yes, happened we
0: did. no it happened in convergence we read all about it
1: very very minor though the baby was born now we're again somehow we're in the future again another 10 years and the baby's grown uh, or nine or whatever however old he is we did not see 10 years of lois and clark dealing with their son and having a baby. We saw a baby, and now we see nine-year-old John.
0: Yeah, true. I guess there has been some stories that have happened uh, off-
1: I don't even know how that happened, because if they transferred over to this world when, when that happened, Convergence, shouldn't they have a baby now? It hasn't been 10 years since New 52 started, which means it was already- two years into the new 52 before convergence happened. Now it's another year later. So within a year, the baby went from an infant to nine years old. And I know that there's time involved and different, uh, you know, transference stories involved, but at the end of convergence, they went into hiding on this earth, Mm. which means the amount of time that's gone on should be the amount of time that's gone on. So I'm not really certain how he aged so much in that amount of time.
0: Yeah. Good question. But, um, Rebirth in in general. Uh, I really enjoyed the DC Universe Rebirth number one. It's not that Superman centric. It's all about Wally and him trying to coming, you know, get in touch with, um, you know, um, Barry Allen from this world and trying to, you know, make things uh, make sense of what has happened. And and you know, obviously, certain you know after Flashpoint, you know, the the way that New 52 was created wasn't the way it's supposed to be. Or he's trying to you know, alter that or what have you. Um, I just found the whole thing really touching. Uh, the whole Wally West, uh, Barry Allen uh, s- sequence was very touching. I'm not even a Flash fan, I mean, other than the TV series. Um, but I found that really emotional. And, uh, yes, we get to see uh, Clark and Lois in this, uh, you know, towards the end. And he gets to meet uh, this uh, Mr. Z, I guess it is. Um, but, uh I just found the whole comic book really interesting, and I really enjoyed the read.
1: I also enjoyed the read. I uh, 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 don't forget Batman being cool. Uh, it was oh, also nice. about that. Uh, we get to see that in almost every book. I think I, I feel like every time, he knows everything. He figures everything out. He's always involved somehow, and, and uh, uh, he's on the la- he gets to be on the last page, even though the book's not really about him, and introduce the big bad. I guess uh, I don't know if there's going to be a rebirth number two I don't know what the deal is with it all but um uh, i i was I was almost crying during the flash uh storyline mm. when we saw uh the whole as you say very touching and 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 I got after I was finished later on I had to think about it and anytime you do time travel uh, universe warping going to different worlds that kind of thing your head can start to hurt and if you Question it too much, it all kind of falls apart. I mean, it happens when you think about Back to the Future or when you think about Star Trek. Uh, you get maybe. into, yeah, you get into those paradoxes. You get into the situation where, well, if this person went there, then why wouldn't he be there when he was there? And, mm. anyway, and the same thing happened toward the end of this, uh, this the most recent series of the Flash. Um, uh, none of that whole remnant stuff makes any sense to anybody, but they do it, and and you can't. You're supposed to just go well, okay. And then the worst. A thing that I hear people come back at me with when I say something is listen, it's a series about a comic book character. You can't take it that seriously, and it doesn't need to make sense. And I couldn't disagree with that more. If I'm going to watch something, if I'm going to devote my time to something, just because it's based on a guy who wears a cape and flies, doesn't mean that the rest of the universal laws of the world shouldn't have to apply. And if, if, if if something is a certain way and it's been explained to us in this world that that's the way it is, then we get that. But then then when they go and make it something else, or when they change it, there has to be a reason, or it has to flow, or there has to be it has to come from somewhere. And I feel like if 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 the Wally he was talking to is from an alternate world, i.e., the way Clark and Lois are from an alternate world then he never would have known there was a wally because he himself didn't have a wally he says that in the story so how is he calling out to wally and how do they recognize each other if this barry never had a wally when he finally recognizes that it's wally and he remembers wally's story how would he know that and you're not a flash fan as you said but they they this is a different barry this is a different world there was no wally in the new 52 world, but there was a Wally in the previous world where Lois and Clark are from. So Wally this Barry wouldn't know Wally, but Wally would know Barry because Barry looked the same on his world as well. Mm. But and Wall and Barry didn't mm. know Wally, but then after a while he did remember Wally. But this isn't Barry. So it's Barry, <laughs> but it's a different Barry.
0: I guess Barry probably represents us as fans and, you know, saying Yes, we do remember you and you know I I yes it doesn't make sense in the in a literal sense as far as the DC universe is concerned but it makes sense on an emotional level because we as fans know who Wally is and we remember that previous world and we remember that previous continuity and I guess that's what it represents and that's why it's touching otherwise why would it be emotional to us um so I I yeah it doesn't make literal sense as far as a story or of continuity of a line of but it, it makes emotional sense and i guess that's why it works i guess mm, it's interesting but i understand where you're coming from um it's uh it's it's part of being a comic book fan it's hard to always make sense of where these things go or why these you know they do stories where they go a flashback and you go "Well, that how does that slot in you know that doesn't really work but it works from a story sense but not from a literal sense so or a you know a, con- a construct sense so um you know it's it, it's I guess it's malleable. It's a, it's one of those things that they can play and you know and pull it apart and fit things in where they don't really fit in, but make them fit in because it helps their story. And uh, and on some level, it works. Um, and I
1: think it's totally uh, incorrect to say you're not supposed to think about anything. No. I mean, if you're a writer and you write a story, especially one that has all of these confusing storylines going on, and and sometimes. Uh, downright um, uh, controversial things going on, like Batman v Superman or Man of Steel, you want people talking about it. You Mm. want people to analyze it. You want people to try to break it down and have their own interpretations of the way things went. You don't want it to be a one and done and then you put it away. The the best literature and or movies comes from the ability to think about it after the fact. And Mm. I think... As much as I think about how much I enjoyed a Marvel movie, it's mainly just, eh, it was really funny when he said this, or it was really cool when he punched like this, or it was really great when this happened, but it wasn't. its not, I don't spend hours and hours and weeks and weeks and weeks like I do with breaking down a DC movie in this day and age because there are so many more, I believe, hidden meanings, depth, and and, and they go to greater lengths to express... What's happening and how it parallels what things mean, as opposed to just giving you kind of a black and white uh, action story with some comedy in it. And I love every superhero movie to varying degrees, but they're different. They're, they're different types. You know what DC is going for in the movies. I think is has much greater depth and much more ability to stay with you for a long time after you view it because there's so much going on in your in your mind and in your emotions that you have to try and try and put together as opposed to uh, just kind of having it be cut and dry and and when the movie's over it's over and you go oh that was great and then you walk away and no one says anything mm. about it i think that that's what i think that's what works and and it's 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 hard to digest and i think that's tough for a lot of viewers because they want to go in and they want to get spoon-fed a story that's fun and action-oriented and makes sense and I think that that's that's where they differ. And and it's cool to have fun and have an action story and and enjoy your superheroes, but I think it's also cool to have a movie where you're not quite sure and where you have to kind of think about it Mm -hmm. and and it lingers for a while Mm -hmm. and and maybe has some real-world implications or or maybe meaning beyond what you think you're seeing on the screen. And I think that's what they do. Uh, But I will say the ending and I don't I mean it's been long enough now but I won't say it but really the ending of rebirth 1 I mean that's where we're going that's that's what I have to look forward to I mean that's that's uh, that's what you're giving me I mean that's seriously
0: yeah it's interesting uh, I didn't see the whole watchman connection coming but um I guess we'll have to pan- wait to see how that pans out and how that does fit in um they doesn't.
1: <laughs> they just shoehorned it in there because oh it'll be cool. People love bloody gory watchmen. Let's throw that in there because well, uh,
0: uh you know. They may be they may be the way the guys that are behind you know the the people pulling the strings as it were. So uh we'll wait and see. Um it's I know Michael Bailey's uh um keen to see how that plays out. I've never been a big watchmen fan, so I don't really know the ramifications or what that kind of uh is is alluding to, but um it's thrown a spanner in the works, but uh, moving forward to Superman Rebirth number one, and I found this really interesting, this story, because of the fact that they're not just, you know, Superman's died, the New 52 Superman's died, they're not just shoveling him aside and moving on as a lot of fans thought that they would. Here we have Superman from pre-Flashpoint Superman uh, investigating the possibility of how can he bring back New 52 Superman, you know, he was resurrected after he died. He goes to his tomb. He stumbles upon Lana Lang, who's there, who's trying to get uh, the body out so she can bury him with his parents in Smallville, as per his request. And um, the, the you know the conversation that they have, uh, him telling her his story about how he died at the hand of, hands of Doomsday on his world, uh, but that he came back, and that you know this is what he wants to try to do for this Clark. Uh, I thought it was. Very well played out. I really enjoyed the way it worked. Them going and visiting his fortress and then ending up in Smallville where he's buried. I think that's uh, I enjoyed seeing this Superman doing everything he could to try to bring back this Clark Kent.
1: Yeah, I think it's very, uh, it's definitely indicative of who Superman is and the kind of thing he would want to do and and for him it would seem like something that needed to be done and I like that that he's helping Lana as well, and I like that he's involved. It is a little, it's a little hard to buy that she would accept him that quickly. But uh, I guess that's where we are now. In order for him to be integrated into the world, at some point, people are going to need to accept him. I mean, it happens again in, in the next uh, books we're, we're going to talk about. Um, I, I just don't. I. The problem is – and the, the other issue with this whole rebirth thing is – and they're going to have to do it, so I'm guessing somehow with the Watchmen and these guys in the hoods who are telling people they're not really who they think they are and that kind of thing is we're going to somehow find out that all of these – that everything's going to get back – kind of blended back in together and no one's going to recognize that there was ever a difference. And that's the only way it's going to work because you, know, you mentioned Clark's parents and on this world they're both dead – if they weren't, this guy could never have been their son. They know their son, and this guy ain't him. Uh, the other Lois that's here is not this uh, is not Superman's Lois from the other world. But he was so she's never going to accept this guy. Uh, Wonder Woman, Batman, all of these people are always going to know, and will always know as readers even if you want this guy to be the superman because he's your guy from years and years ago he's never going to be the guy because he ain't the guy he's uh, an imposter guy from another world so until they blend that which i imagine they're going to have to do because everyone on earth knows this isn't the guy
0: hmm.
1: yeah uh, and the only way they can fix it is by making him the guy and if he's not the guy there's never you know the he's same the guy the same type of connection that you have between batman and superman or wonder wonder woman and superman can't be there nah. yeah, jimmy olsen lost his best friend of course the other clocks walking around so jimmy olsen will never feel the same way and never have the same relationship with superman that he had before he may respect him or he may say oh hi uh, but i don't even know that they'd call him so they'd go ah, you're not really i'm not going to call you superman but whatever because he's not i mean he is but he's not their superman and mm. and 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 when we're talking about that whole concept of my Superman is back, in story terms, this is not their Superman. The other guy was. Mm. And really, when you're re- – that's really all that makes any, any sort of connection to the actual story that's going on because all our stuff is is outside. It's not really what's happening in the story we're reading. It's what we feel personally – based on what we read in our youth or what we read a few years ago or whatever it was we liked best mm-hmm. and if that's George Reeves then that means no one's ever going to be my superman ever ever again because that was my superman and I'll never like anything that comes after because uh this comic book superman isn't George Reeves superman uh but the, but but this guy now in terms of story hasn't yet been melded into the other memories and I assume that's what they're going to do. I don't know how they're going to do it. Maybe that's something the Watchmen can do. I don't know.
0: Mm, no, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because we have this a lot of confusion about who is who and who is not who. And uh, that continues in Action Comics 957 where uh, Lex Luthor comes to the fore wearing a Superman costume, announces himself as the new Superman for the world. Uh, and uh, our pre-Flashpoint Superman... Uh, won't have a bar of this. He's just not in on having Lex do anything that's uh, wearing the Superman S-Shield. Whether this Lex is the same as his Lex or not, he just doesn't trust Lex Luthor and he won't have him wearing the Superman S-Shield that um, you know people know and love. Uh, he doesn't see that as the right thing. Uh, he goes to confront this Lex Luthor. In the meantime, Clark Kent is back. Who is Clark Kent? He's not Superman. Jimmy doesn't know who he is because Superman, Clark Kent died. Uh, He doesn't have any powers. He's adamant that he's really Clark Kent. And Doomsday is back just to add everything into the mix. (laughs) It's all happening, as they say.
1: There's a lot that goes on here. I'm not sure what's going on with that Doomsday. He's obviously uh, wrapped up again. It's uh, as if he never came before. He's wearing the goggles and the green suit. and uh, Superman knows who he is. uh, Our Superman, the Superman from years and years ago. Uh, But but, uh, I don't know who else would know. This version of there was a version of Doomsday, but it was in the a new
0: virus. But it wasn't the universe.
1: A, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's um, it, it's interesting. I, I'm
0: sure I'm interested going, to see
1: where that goes. I'm, yeah. I'm surprised uh, with most of the negative backlash that comes from Doomsday and and most of the critics or most of the comic book fans uh, hating on Doomsday so much and that whole that whole arc and saying he was a useless character and everything. I'm surprised that in their whole serious attempt to uh, bring it back around and, 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 and regain their fans' trust that they would go to the doomsday well again. Uh, but So we have to see wh- where they're going. I mean, I've always liked the whole idea of a Superman who was killed by someone and and refaces that. Hmm. Not every minute, but the idea that the only being that was ever capable of putting him through that type of uh, uh, battle is it can show up again every once in a while. I mean, I loved the, 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 the doomsday. Uh, what was it? Uh, the I'm story surprised. that came, it was like, it was like four books or whatever years ago that came out where he returned. And then he took him to the, uh, I think that was when he took him to the end of the universe or something like that. Mm. At the end of the, it was like a pre, hunter prey. I think. Is pray, what, yeah. I, yeah. I think he said that I didn't hear it. Cause I was uh, speaking over you, but well, I was speaking and then you said it in the background, but I didn't quite catch it, but Yeah. Uh, I like that story, and, and I like when he returned again. So I like – obviously, you can't do it every week, and it can't be – he's not a Lex Luthor who's going to be there all the time, but it's nice as a a big dramatic thing that they mm. do every once in a while. So I'm I'm looking forward to that that part of it.
0: Yeah, so waiting to see where all this goes. is pretty – not confusing, but it's all up in the air at the moment. So there are a lot of threads to be uh, tethered together. Um, And then we move on to Superman number one, the new Superman, Rebirth Superman, uh, or otherwise known as the life and death of Goldie the Cat.
1: (laughs) Yes, it happens very quickly. It's a little gratuitous, it's unfortunate, but it does hammer home a point to me that uh, Clark needs to realize, and that is that, in my opinion, and most people I've talked to disagree with me on this, uh, he's ignoring – not only is he ignoring what he thought his Superman duties used to be but can't be anymore because he has a family, he's also kind of ignoring his family, that he's that, that his whole purpose now is to protect and why he can't wear a super suit. Um, he breaks all his rules in this – in the last story, he, he says we're not going to go out in the open, we can't do it, and then when he sees Lex on TV, he goes. Uh, in this story, he breaks the rule that he made in the previous book when he says – um, um, but we don't use our powers to, to do regular everyday life. And in the very next book, uh, the farm gets hit by lightning and he says, come on outside and help me fix the barn in five minutes so we can go have dinner. That's, uh, that's, that's a complete con- contradiction to the rule he just laid down in the other book, but he does it anyway. And, and the whole thing doesn't make any sense because he always has used his powers to make things easier in everyday life. So it's almost like he's just saying things to annoy Jonathan or to make rules for Jonathan, kind of the whole do as I say, not as I do thing. Mm. And I never really got the impression that that's who Superman was. But now we have him making rules and breaking them, and then he, he brings Jonathan out to do it. And, of course, Jonathan went through a terrible event, is afraid to mention it, doesn't know how to approach it. And, and Superman's ignoring him so greatly that he doesn't even recognize that anything is wrong and instead just chastise him and sends him up to his room and doesn't really... Even notice that clearly there's a problem because minutes ago, Jonathan was jumping around and so happy that his dad was Superman. And as you say, he was reading articles and he was looking at clips and he was and now he's yelling at him that he doesn't want him using him as a lie. And that is what he's doing. He's using him as a way to hide and not embrace who he's who he's supposed to be. And I said that and Jonathan, the nine year old, says it and it it, and, and the cat being killed and everything is all pointing to mistakes in my opinion Superman is making as a father and as a hero and people should be if not mad disappointed in him for and then he goes out to meet his friends who aren't his friends and they talk about the kid while the kid's listening and crying upstairs and then he goes in all scary like and tells him he's coming away with him It's it's I believe and if it's written this way on purpose could be a great story because I believe that it shows a Superman that handled this entire situation horribly.
0: Yes, yeah, see, I read this comic as being from Jonathan's point of view. Um, the whole meeting with Batman, Superman—you know, the scary eyes that they, when they're looking up at him, uh, everything like that—is just his guilt over what happened with Goldie and the way things are playing out. Is him um, pro- projecting? His fear and guilt over what's happening with oh they're talking about me this is all about me they're coming to get me and you know his dad appearing in the doorway it's you know it's all his perspective from I'm scared because I'm guilty of what happened to Goldie not what's actually happening I think it's from his perception and his the you know the guilt of what uh, of what has happened and how it's playing out that is being portrayed in this comic book not necessarily the reality of it. Well,
1: that is possible. I mean, the book is called Superman. It's not called Superman's Son and the Way He Feels. But if that is what they're doing, it, it didn't come across that way to me. Well,
0: the and, uh, it, title of the story, the internal title, is Son of Superman, Part One.
1: Yes, yes, and 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 that it, that will take some of the harshness out of the out of the harshness I felt out of the story. If that is the case, because yes. All of those things could very well be the way he feels because he's upstairs uh, experiencing this as a nine year old and he would be full of fear and he would be full of confusion and he wouldn't know how to react or who he should tell or what he should do and and uh, I mean uh, one of the things I noticed right away is that Wonder Woman shows up armed, not just on her belt, she's holding it in her hand. she shows up at their home, ready to battle. And then, then then, they talk about the kid and then Superman shows up and says, you're coming with me. So yes, if it's from his point of view, that's fine. But what we see visually, unless he's seeing hallucinations, she does show up with a sword in her hand looking very threatening outside the window. And you said the eyes looking scary and the shadowy look and everything is just him being afraid, which a kid would feel afraid. But that also means that the whole image we saw is 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 skewed and altered, uh, showing them as very threatening in every hmm. manner, including her holding a sword.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where Superman number two picks up because uh, that might clarify some things on that side of things. But uh, Now, that...
1: if I were those heroes, mm-hmm. I would show up ready to take Superman away or ready to battle Superman or ready to question Superman probably as well hmm. because – Wonder Woman just lost her lover and Batman lost a guy he highly respected and worked with and and, and called a friend. Mm. And this guy's coming in just like he gets mad at Lex Luthor for wearing the Superman ass and is wearing a Superman ass, flying around trying to say he's Superman, telling people he's Superman, taking Superman's place. You don't come in to my house the day after I die and start telling my kids you're me and tell my wife you're her husband and try and take oh, – it's just not going to work. Nah. So they're not going to go, oh, OK, uh, come on in. Mm. Uh, it, it would be questioned. And until they fix it, as I said before, to where no one remembers and everybody's everybody again, everyone will have that reaction. And I'm surprised that people are as accepting as quickly as they are. So from that standpoint, it would make more sense to me if this was not a vision from Jonathan's point of view. But if they did come – ready for a fight, if necessary, to take this Superman somewhere and maybe do some testing on him uh, at the Batcave and find out if he really is Kal-El from Krypton, and they'll find out when they do testing that he is. But he's not still not going to be their Superman, but at least then they can go, okay, it's not another energy being, it's not another sand Superman, it's not another danger to the Earth who's here to kill people. Because it's happened so many times now that I don't think anybody would go, oh, you're Superman? Cool. Come on in. It would be scary, and it would be, who is this guy? And it would be, we get, we got to find out before he turns into a sand creature and starts killing everybody.
0: Mm. Yeah, definitely. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. But uh, I'm looking forward to this storyline because, uh, as I said, there are a lot of threads up in the air, and we wait to see how the story plays out. Moving away from comic book uh, news, uh video games uh, Injustice 2 has been announced uh, Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment have announced uh, that Injustice 2 the super-powered sequel to the hit game Injustice Gods Among Us uh, is in development from award-winning NetherRealm Studios and features a massive roster of DC superheroes and supervillains and allows players to build and power up the ultimate version of their favorite DC characters uh, we uh, it's interesting that there is a follow-up to this And it is available for pre-order on the PS4 and Xbox One ahead of its 2017 release. Uh, For more details, visit Injustice.com.
1: Yeah, I like that game. I really enjoyed it. And, And it's something that, unlike other forms of media starring these superheroes, I was so happy because Superman was the hero of the story. Uh, All the other heroes were in it. All the other heroes did great stuff and fought other versions of bosses and other versions of characters. But when it came down to it, everything was going to fall apart if they didn't get Superman to the alternate universe to stop the other Superman. And when they did that, there was all this cool, great, dramatic music. And the logo showed up first and then Superman's body formed around it. And then it was the big climactic battle that ended the game. And I like that Superman was... And that's what I feel like might happen in, in Justice League. It's going to be like a needed situation where mm. this is, once again, our guy. This is the guy that everybody knows that when the chips are down and you need something done and the world needs to be saved, this is the guy you need. Mm-hmm. Batman can figure out stuff. He could even possibly kill Superman if, if the situation is right and he has kryptonite. But when the whole world's in danger... If Superman's dead or not around, you're in bad, bad shape. <laughs> and when you realize he's not dead and he shows up, you're cheering. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm thinking is coming, and I love that about this game.
0: Yep, so looking forward to Injustice 2 next year. Before we move into the big questions segment of the show, the Superman celebration took place in Metropolis, Illinois, in June, and the Superman homepage meet and greet was part of that. It happened uh, on the Friday morning I just wanted to say a very uh, public thank you to uh, Jamie and Rhonda Kelly and Ken and Cindy Sills, who hosted the meet and greet for us. Uh, A lot of fun was had by everyone. They got their free Superman homepage buttons. There were Blu-rays and DVDs given away thanks to Warner Brothers. Uh, We had trivia questions and uh, all different types of games and situations that were played there during the meet and greet. Uh, Sorry I couldn't be there again this year, but uh, it sounds like everyone had a lot of fun. And with all the Jimmy Olsons that were there at the celebration, it sounds like all the special guests were uh, really really well received.
1: Yeah, I think it's great, the job they do there uh, all the time. And and like you, I I wish I could have been there. I wish I could have been involved. Um, And I I hope to get back there again Mm. sometime soon and be a part of all the fun and the uh, celebrating. I did hear somebody say... Uh, that it was smaller this year, or it seemed like there wasn 't as much going on i don 't know if hmm. if that 's the case or if you 've heard that anywhere oh, else
0: or... but uh, we had a couple of reports up on the website if you want to, if you 're interested in what does go on there, what the kind of uh, um, interaction people have with each other and what 's available, and, you know what their memories are of it so um, yeah i didn 't get much interaction from the celebration committee this year didn 't get too many press releases or details. They usually contact me with, you know, with things that we can be a part of, but uh, that didn't seem to happen this year, which is a shame. But anyway, uh, it sounds like a lot of people had a lot of fun as per usual.
1: One more thing I wanted to mention, and that is uh, a new product I picked up. I'd like to, I'd like to get more. If money wasn't an object, I'd probably buy so many collectibles. We were talking earlier about how it gets cluttered in your house, and mm. there's nowhere to put them. And uh, these are some things you can hang up on your wall. Or the guy has tables. His name is Nathan 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 Thu, and he and he makes these from scratch out of wood. And I think he uses some metal in some cases and some glass or plexiglass and things. Uh, check it out. He has a Facebook page, Household Heroes Times Three, on Facebook. Uh, or you can look up uh, Nathan himself. And uh, if you like Superman stuff or even other heroes, there's a lot of cool. Superman logos and Superman tables and and different things that y- you're not going to find in a store because they're they're uh you know made custom made. custom made so uh check it out. I have a cool one if you don't watch great scott i I showed it on there uh, last week and uh, 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 if you're looking for something uh, unique uh you might uh, find it on there
0: sounds good all right let 's move into the big question segment of our show. Let's start with the big question.
1: Last month's big question was, what do you think of Rebirth so far? We have a response from Dylan, who wrote, I love it. It uh, really proves how much DC really cares about their fans. So many directions they can go with so many different characters, especially looking forward to Clark, Lois, and their son John being at the forefront of the Superman titles. This is something fans have always thought about. Superman with a family and on a farm. A new status quo that builds on the old instead of starting over. And I like, I do also like, in a way, that uh, it does seem like... I don't know that it's going to work. I don't know that it's the best way to approach business. But it does seem like DC Comics uh, really was bothered by everyone's complaints and decided to go back to what it seemed like people wanted them to do.
0: Mm, yeah, let's see what, uh, what plays out. Thank you, Dylan. Uh, the other response we received, and we only received two this month, was from our good friend Patrick O'Neill, who wrote... So far, I'm really enjoying Rebirth Superman titles. It's the first time I've been enjoying the Superman books in a while. I find it unfortunate that the New 52 Superman had to die, though. While I wasn't the biggest New 52 fan, I could appreciate it. The most tragic thing to me is I feel the writers at DC finally got the New 52 Superman right and did a great story in the final days of Superman's storyline. I finally started enjoying the books and he's gone. Keep up the great work, guys. Well, thank you, Patrick. I felt the same way. Uh, seemed like the final Superman story for the New 52 Superman was the best one.
1: Well, I think it was a work in progress, and I think that was the kind of the whole idea. He was brasher, he was younger, he was learning as he went, and it's been a long time since we've seen a young Superman learning as he went. He's been old Superman who knows everything about what he's doing since nineteen forty. So we 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 reset, and he's and he was learning, and he got better as time went on. But the worst for me of the new fifty-two was just the writing in general. All mm. the stories were kind of nothing really wowed anybody and I don't know that that was New 52 Superman's fault any more than these stories will still be the writer's fault if they haven't changed the writing crew or if they haven't changed the way the stories go this time around. So I I think that as long as the writing is fixed or they start doing things differently in that direction, you could write almost anything. Obviously, you don't want to change Superman and make him like a guy who eats people's brains or something Mm. like that. But, uh, you know, I think what we need to do is have good stories that are compelling and fun to read.
0: Mm, Exactly. All right, what's our new big question?
1: Well, our new big question is, what do you think of Tyler Hoechlin? Hoechlin? Hoechlin. Hoechlin being cast to play Superman in Season 2 of Supergirl. We talked about this earlier. There's a picture on the site. Uh, We definitely want to hear from you guys, more responses if you have them, and uh, let us know.
0: Yeah, what do you think of Tyler Hoechlin as Superman for Season 2 of Supergirl? Uh, You won't get to see him before you respond to this. But uh, just your general thoughts on his casting. Be part of the Big Question segment of our show by using the Big Question uh, feedback form found under the favourites menu on our website. And we will read out your responses next month. You can also send in an audio response if you want to record yourself as an MP3 file. And we'll play that here on Radio KAL.
1: Awesome, it's now time for the comedy sketch. We've, uh, it looks like Steve has something from Cowboy and Indians, whatever that
0: is. Yeah, I don't know, this guy, the crew that put some comedy sketches together. We've had to bleep out a few words in this one, but it's uh, generally pretty safe. It's called Justice League Theatre Presents Game Night. And everyone's sitting around, Superheroes sitting around, having a bit of a game night. So listen to this comedy sketch now join America's favorite heroes, the Justice League, in their new adventure, Game Night. Isn't it great that we can
1: just take a night off and have fun over a board game?
0: You're right, Superman. While it is certain every criminal is out committing a crime as we speak, even superheroes need respite from abating villainy.
1: Real uplifting, John Jones.
0: That's just how he is, Flash. Just like a
1: man. What game should we play? Good question, Wonder Woman. How about Clue? It was Colonel Mustard, with a candlestick. There was blood everywhere. Mmm, slow down, Batman. We haven't even picked pieces yet. It's his M.O. Retired military, post-traumatic stress, aggressive tendencies, the obvious answer.
0: Check the envelope.
1: I haven't even- Ah! He's right! Oh, but he didn't say the location- The study! Okay, how did you do that? I beat the information out of some drifter. What? Is that why my dad had all those bruises? He sang like a canary.
0: He was visiting! You've met him like a dozen times before!
1: He's been hanging out with the wrong crowd.
0: He might have to have a kidney transplant! If
1: you're done with your p*** measuring contest, maybe we could play a real board game? The fallacies of the fallacies are what will destroy us all. Okay... Let's try Monopoly instead. The Reading Railroad is a drug front, laundering money through its legitimate train company while funding the drug dealing that goes on in the not-so-nice parts of the board, like Baltic Avenue. The places Monopoly doesn't want you to see. Now, Batman, this is just a game. My parents are dead. Is anyone else concerned that Batman just beat the shit out of my dad to win Clue?
0: How about Guess Who?
1: It was Richard. Trivial Pursuit. Every answer is Prussia.
0: We could play sorry.
1: I would never forgive you. Uh, my father
0: would like an apology.
1: How about John Jones, the old Martian manhunter, suggests a game?
0: In the end, nothing is accomplished. We all merely progress closer to death. I like the sound of that game.
1: Tune in next week when John Jones finishes the last of Batman's Pepsi-Cola in the exciting episode, The Ice Box Cometh, brought to you by PepsiCo.
0: Well, there you have it. That's our comedy sketch for this month. Thank you to Patrick O'Neill, who found that for us. And let's move into our super-secret soundbite segment.
1: Only one thing alive with less than four legs can hear this frequency, Superman, and that's you. Last month's sound came from the movie Superman 3, and ten people guessed it correctly. They were Jeremy Crawford, Fred Walsh, Patty, David Huang, Mike Azumo, Tony Snyder, John Jr., Donovan Hunter, Alan Sternfan, and Patrick O'Neill.
0: Yeah, congratulations to those 10 people for guessing it right. Superman 3 was the movie that sound came from. Let's hear that sound again to remind you where it was. Come on, Bubba, you're wasting your rockets. And there you have it. I'm sure you know now where that part of the movie was and where it came from. But here is our new super secret soundbite for this month. Hey, that's Hey. Well, if you think you know where in the world of Superman that sound comes from, use the super secret soundbite entry form found under the favorites menu on the Superman homepage website and send your entry in. Each person who guesses it right will have their name read out on this podcast.
1: And now the Superman song for the month. It's another song titled Superman. I think we should start a petition that every musician that ever releases an album has to have a song called Superman. I agree. Uh, This one's by the San Diego-based rock band Unwritten Law, and the song was released as a third single from the band's 1996 album Oz Factor.
0: Here it is, Superman by Unwritten Law. The song, and that is our show. Now, remember, if you have a topic you think Scotty and I need to discuss here on our podcast, maybe there's a song that you would like to request, a big question you'd like us to put to the fans, a comedy sketch that you think you sh- we should be playing, any ideas you have for our podcast, we're only only too happy to hear from you. Use the KAL feedback form found under the favourites menu on the Superman homepage website. And we will endeavour to use those suggestions in a future show. But for now, that is our show for this month. Thank you, Scotty.
1: Thank you, Steve. And remember, everybody, always look up in the sky.
0: You've been listening to Radio KAL, brought to you by Superman Homepage and our proud sponsor, Patrick (laughs) O'Neill.